Years ago, I was uh, at a, a personnel meeting of the church that I was pastoring, and it was kind of that time of the year where we were determining uh, kind of where we were at with staff and doing some staff evaluations, and uh, we had a really good team at the time, but we had a couple of areas that we knew that we could improve uh, in, and there was one staff member in particular um, that we thought could just improve, and I knew she was capable. She had done it in the past. I had seen it. Uh, she had been really successful in ministry, and so we, we just said, you know, right now we're just kind of average in this ministry, but I think that we can do better, and so we, we sort of set some, um, some timelines and ways that I was going to help coach her and lead her uh, to help really bring the very best out in her. That was how the conversation went. About two weeks later on a Sunday morning, that staff member came to me and said, hey, am I getting fired? And I said, no, where, where would you come up with something like that? She said, well, my daughter's preschool teacher is friends with so-and-so on the personnel team, and she told her that if I don't shape up that I'm gonna get fired. And that led to a very difficult conversation that I had to have with that member of my personnel team about gossip. A very difficult conversation. In fact, most of the most difficult conversations that I have had in ministry with leaders, with staff members, with church members has been around gossip. Gossip. That church member, that member of my personnel team at the time that I had to have this tough conversation with, uh, it set our relationship so sideways of me confronting her about gossip, they eventually left the church, and she and her husband were our number one financial givers. But it doesn't matter how much money you give, it's never okay to gossip. Gossip. You know why it's hard? Because we don't teach that it's wrong in the church. In fact, it's kind of a national pastime in the local church, isn't it? Like if you ask Christians, what are you good at? And you're like, casseroles, singing Amazing Grace, and gossip. We're great at those things in church, aren't we? We even know how to, we don't even know how to gossip in prayer. You ever done, you ever seen one of those? Like you're in a circle and somebody's like, and Lord, we just pray for Marsha. Her husband's been drinking again, so we just lift him up to you today. And everybody's like, he's been drinking again? That's the way we do. And can I, can I just have a confession to you right now, this morning, okay? And everybody watching online, thanks so much for welcoming us into your homes and to, into your backyards. And maybe you're on vacation this week, but you're still tuning in. I'm guilty too. I found myself doing it this week. And you know, here's where I'm most guilty of gossiping about other pastors and churches. Did you hear about what that, that pastor did? Did you hear about what's happening at that church? And listen, here's my confession. And so it's um, when I get gossip about other pastors to other pastors, I feel less guilty because I'm gossiping with other pastors. And it's still wrong. Gossip. Gossip. Now, we can split hairs over what gossip is. Like, what is a good working definition of gossip? Can you just not say anything to anybody about anyone? I mean, what's the difference between a conversation and a discussion and, and news? Sometimes it can be good news 
and gossip. Well, there are lots of definitions. Here's one I want to zero in today that's been one of the most helpful for me uh, in my journey in understanding what gossip is. It's a negative or criticism you share with someone who can't do anything about it. It's a negative or criticism you share with someone who can't do anything about it. In other words, the person that you are saying something to can't fix it. You're just saying something negative or, or saying some kind of criticism about someone else to someone else. That's, that's what it is. See, if, if we wanted to solve the problem, then we would do what Jesus taught in Matthew 18, which he said when you have a problem with someone, it's not that you'll never have a problem. He said when you have a problem with someone, you go to them directly, one-on-one, and you say, hey, I've you, you hurt me, you harmed me, or I see something going on in your life that's not healthy, and I want to talk to you. But we don't, we don't do that. That's a lot harder to do, isn't it? Because here's what we all know. It's easier to talk about someone than it is to someone. Amen? Come on. It's just easier to talk about someone than it is to someone than it is to actually go to someone and address the negative situation Maybe the criticism you have for them, maybe it's a well-founded criticism you have for them or this tension that is between both of you. The, the writer of Proverbs has some pretty striking words to say about gossip and how dangerous it, is, dangerous it is to relationships. And if you're new to faith today and you're new to church, you're new to mountaintop, you're just exploring what it might mean to have God or Jesus in your life, I want you to know we're so honored that you're here or that you're tuning in. And I would just tell you that it, no matter where you are at and what you believe, I would take these words from Proverbs seriously. I would heed them. I think they are what Proverbs are, is one of the wisdom books of the Bible. So even if you're not sure what you believe, then I would, I would want to be wise. And I would take these words seriously because I believe your relationships and our community will be better if we would all do this. If you are a follower of Jesus, we sort of have to do this because we believe this is God's word. Like it's not a suggestion. We believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of everything in this book, that he is the fulfiller of all the promises and all the wisdom and all the teachings of this book. So if we follow Jesus, we have to take it seriously. It is a command to us. And there are two Proverbs that I want to turn our attention to. And the first one is found in Proverbs 16, 28. Now, here's the thing I love about Proverbs. They are like text messages before text messages were cool. They're just really short and they're memorable, and I would encourage you this week to try to memorize these two Proverbs. See if you can try to memorize these two Proverbs. The first one is in Proverbs 16, verse 28, and if you don't have a hard copy Bible and you're in the building, please take one when you go, but if you're there and you're watching, and Proverbs is a really great book to read if you've never read the Bible and you wanna start, Proverbs is a great place to start. Proverbs 16, 28 says this. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friend. A perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friend. All gossip does, it doesn't help anyone, it just elevates the negative. You ever hear people like say this? You know, people are saying. You know, they said that who are these people and who are they? Have you ever asked that question? Who are these people 
And who is the they? They are saying. It's just not helpful. Nothing will ruin a family, a church, a community, or an office faster than gossip. It stirs things up. Now, when we moved to Birmingham, we needed to buy a new washing machine. We didn't have a washer when we moved. So, um, now I have four boys, three of them are teenagers, and one of them, is a, my youngest is 11, so he'll be a teenager soon. So, we have a lot of dirt, okay? They all play sports, a lot of dirt. And so we, and, and there's a lot of them, so we needed a big, huge washing machine, and most of the big, huge washing machines that are energy efficient these days are like the front load ones, you know? Now, there's a problem with the front load ones. They don't have a really important piece that's really important to our family. They don't have this piece in there. Do you know, do you know what that is? What's that called? An agitator. Y'all are so smart. You're good. So mechanical. It's an agitator, and it is designed to agitate the dirt in the clothing. And I find, listen, there's nothing against those big ones that don't have the agitator, but that just doesn't get McKenna's boys' clothes clean. We need an agitator. So we bought the biggest, most energy-efficient washing machine with an agitator that we could find because we needed something. We needed an agitator in our washing machine to stir up all the dirt that's in their clothes and in, in our laundry. Agitator in washing machine, good. Agitator in relationships, bad. In fact, I, I've asked two people. I think uh, Grace and Luke are going to come help me right now. Just want to... Uh, and I have, just give Grace and Luke a hand. Now, I just want you guys to sit in these seats. Brother and sister, you never have any kind of agitation together, right? And I just want you to know, I have M&Ms for you. After we're done, uh, when I have volunteers, I always promise candy, okay? So, you, you guys are family. Sometimes families have conflict, right? Sometimes families get some dirt. They get some stuff. You have a dust up in family sometimes. But if you will just leave it alone, here's what I find. Things will settle to the bottom. It's not that there is not conflict. It's not that there is not uh, some dust up sometimes. But if, if people just want gossip, then it will settle down. But do you remember what it said about what a perverse person does? A perverse person stirs up conflict and, and a gossip separates close friends. Like right now, it's a little cloudy, but it's not, you can see her through there, right? You can see him through there. Can you see him, right? But here's what happens. If someone likes me, like me comes in, right? You've had a dust up. There's some stuff that's kind of settling to the bottom, but I'm like, ooh, Grace, did you hear? I heard that Luke said this. Luke, I heard that Grace did that. Boy, that didn't take much stirring up, did it? And all of a sudden, what once was clear is now dirty and cloudy. It said a gossip separates close friends. Before, they could see one another. They could communicate, but a gossip came in. A third party came in and said something to you about Luke instead of going to Luke. And all of a sudden, what was once clear now became cloudy. 
and now they can't see each other and they can't talk and they can't see things for the way they really are. They can't see each other for the way they really are just because one person came in and just stirred things up. Hey, thank y'all. You did a good job. Here's your candy. Give them a hand. A gossip, gossip stirs up conflict that was clear. Gossip stirs up conflict that was clear. It brings up all the dirt. You could see through it and you could have a relationship, but gossip stirs things up and now you can't see one another and you can't communicate. This doesn't mean that you won't have a problem with someone, that there won't be some dust-ups, that there won't be some settlement in your relationship sometimes. Life is going to have some agitation. It doesn't need another agitator. It doesn't need someone to stir things up. It means that we choose to be mature. We go talk to them instead of about them. Now, let me say a word here about social media. It is digital gossip. By the way, I feel like I just invented that term this weekend, digital gossip. I don't know if it's real, but we're going to claim it. Mountaintop, we got it. It is digital gossip. When you go on social media and you say, don't go to such and such restaurant or so-and-so dry cleaners or that mechanic or that vet or whatever because their service is terrible, their employees are rude, don't ever use, that is digital gossip. That is digital gossip because if you really cared, if you were really mature about the situation, you would instead you would instead go to the owner or the manager and you would say, hey, listen, I care about you because I care about our community and you're in our community and I want you to win. I want you to succeed because if you succeed, then our community succeeds. I'm for you. I'm on your side. I didn't have a great experience here and I wanted to tell you about it because you might not even be aware and I wanted to see if there's any way that I could help so that everyone else in our community could have better experiences because I think if they will, then you're gonna have a lot of success. We don't do that, do we? No, we get online, don't go here. Oh, their their drive-through is so slow. They never get my order right. They gave me the wrong clothes at the dry cleaners. And what 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 do we do? It just stirs up conflict, doesn't it? People comment, oh, tell me about it. Happened to me there last week. They like, they share, they argue, and guess what? It never actually helps the business, does it? Because no one told the owner, in fact, but maybe someone that you know or someone that's commented on your digital dust-up there, maybe someone that you know or they know actually works there and gets their feelings hurt really bad. It's digital gossip, and it doesn't help. It didn't accomplish anything. It just brought more division. And I want to say a word here specifically to our Mountaintop family. If you're part of Mountaintop Church, if you mix and match online gossip posts about local companies who underperform with posts that say hashtag for Birmingham, you undermine our digital voice for what it means to be for our community. Let me say that one more time. If you mix and match 
online gossip post about local companies and businesses who underperform with posts that also say hashtag for Birmingham, you undermine our digital voice and our online presence for what it means to be for our neighbors in our community. If people go on your timeline and they see you railing against, complaining about, digitally gossiping about some business or some company or some school and three posts later you're like hashtag for Birmingham, that must be for them what it means to be for Birmingham, someone who complains about their community. And you undermine a message that we want the world to know that we, are love, we love them, we are for them, because God gave his one and only son for them, not to rail against them. It's just not helpful. It creates division. This world has enough agitation already. Let's not stir it up. A few chapters later, the writer of Proverbs says another one in Proverbs 26, 20. It says, without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. This reminds me of those nuts. Young people in here, you don't remember this, but back in the day on the SAT, they used to have these analogies. Do you remember that? Apparently, they stopped in 2005. And it would be like, wood is to fire as gossip is to a coral. And you'd have to, pick it, you'd have to figure out what it was. This is an analogy. It, here's what I know to be true. There are going to be situations in our lives where things get a little heated. They get hot. Right? There's going to be times when the temperature rises in an organization, in a family, around the office, in a meeting, in the community, at the school. Have you ever been around those? This is part of life. Conflict is part of life. There is going to be conflict. Uh, it's, it's just going to be tension is part of life. There are going to be th- times when things just get hot. You ever had one of those in your family? You're like, boy, things are just a little hot in the family right now. Everybody's temperature is, is up. But if If you will just try to be mature and you will speak truth and everyone will address one another with the conflict, what will happen? That temperature will begin to go down. Sooner or later, the quarrel will die down. The temperature of the room, the temperature in the family, the temperature around the office, things will finally kind of quiet down and finally get a little cooler. Someone made a bad decision There's some tension. Somebody has something going on in their personal lives. But a gossip is like pouring on gasoline, man. A gossip is fuel for more fire. Just when that quarrel is about to die down, just when that conflict is about to cool off, a gossip doesn't just stir things up. A gossip is fuel for more fire. It is like pouring gasoline on embers. Without gossip, things will just die down and the fire goes out. You have truth. You can talk to one another. When, you, when, the, when the smoke clears... Right? When things start dying and the smoke clears, you have truth. You can communicate. You can talk about what really made you upset or why you're really angry or why that really hurt you. And something good might come from that. You might have restoration, healing, wholeness, restoration, reconciliation. 
redemption, but gossip, nothing good comes from gossip. Gossip makes a fire go from hot to nuclear, to an explosion. So if all this is true, it's worth asking a question. Why do we gossip? I think we like to gossip because it's easier than having hard conversations. It's simply harder to go to someone than behind them, isn't it? It's hard to have hard conversations. Maybe we're bored. I mean, we, we're all just, you know, we crave salacious details about the next celebrity pastor who falls from grace. We scroll the articles looking for saucy nuggets about all the broken lives in Hollywood. And we text with friends over the rumors we heard about others that used to be friends. And you know as well as I do that that stuff can tear apart friendships, tear apart families, and it can tear apart churches. The reason that it doesn't honor God and that nothing good comes from it is it's not rooted in truth and love. Love is sincere. Love confronts. Love seeks to correct and coach when necessary. Love doesn't just ignore those things, but gossip tears down from behind. Love operates in truth because it believes that the truth sets us free. If we're authentic and seek the truth, we may find out that we didn't have all the details and that we were wrong because all the information wasn't handy to us. But gossip, it works in the shadows. It works in the background on innuendos and rumors. Gossip draws its own conclusions. And I wonder what it would be like if we would decide to do truth and love instead of gossip and innuendos and rumors. I wonder... What our relationships and our churches and our communities and our teams and our offices and our schools would look like if we decided that we were going to adopt a gossip manifesto from Proverbs. Based on these two little verses that we're going to all try to memorize this week. What if we decided to adopt this gossip manifesto from Proverbs, okay? So you've got to make your decision whether you're going to decide to do these or not. I'm going to try really hard. Based on Proverbs, here's what I want to try to do. I will talk to people instead of about people. When I have a problem with someone or I see someone that makes a mistake or I see someone that's doing something that's out of line, I'm not going to talk about them to someone else. I'm going to talk to them. And if you are a gossiper and you talk a lot about people, can I just encourage you with this word from the Lord? Stop it. Stop it. It stirs up dissension. It separates close friends. It's fuel for more fire. I will talk to people instead of about people. I will not entertain gossip. Sometimes it's not you saying it, it's being on the other end of it. And you're like, yeah, 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 and then what happened? Ooh, and then what happened? But I'm not going to entertain it. I will politely steer the conversation somewhere else. I'm not going to entertain it. The next one's really hard. You ready? I will confess my gossip. If I gossip about somebody, I'm going to go tell them and confess to them. Hey, I want you to know I'm sorry, but I gossiped about you this week. And I need to confess that to you. It was wrong. What if every single one of us did that this week? Did you gossip about anybody this week? You don't have to raise hands because all our hands would be up. What if you went to them this week and said, I just want you to know I'm sorry. It was wrong. 
I will confess my gossip to the person I gossiped to as well. We never do that. That's one thing Ben Cathy, our executive pastor, always says that one of the problems with gossip is we never go back and correct to the person we gossiped to. What if I go to that person and say, hey, I talked about so-and-so this week to you, and I was wrong to do that. I, don't have, I, I was wrong to do that because it's wrong to gossip, and I want to apologize to you. I brought you into that sin, and I'm sorry. And the last one, I will challenge gossipers. I will challenge gossipers. When a fellow Jesus follower is gossiping, I will ask them to stop it out of respect for their brothers and sisters because we are for each other. And we can't be for each other if we spend our time talking about each other. Being for each other means to say that we're going to call each other out and say, hey, man, that's not cool. That's not cool that we do that. So I want to close this, um, this out by taking a more positive and proactive direction. Instead of focusing on not gossiping, I want to focus on what we should do, what we could do. But to do so, I need to talk about one more kind of gossip that is the most socially acceptable kind of gossip in our culture today. And that is social media gossip about politicians. You ever think about it? When we say a negative or a criticism about a politician online, now listen, it's just, it's just online gossip. And it comes with the territory if you're a politician. You get it. You're a public figure. And social media is a free online platform for free speech for you to speak your mind. Uh, and Christians... For some reason, we have, we have used this platform and this, this opportunity to give ourselves permission to go- gossip about pu- public figures and politics online, but we're really just sharing our grievances about someone else to all our friends. When we could go to City Hall and request a meeting, we could write a letter to our senator, we could pray for the politician that we're railing against, and then, and then this is the next step. This is the next step. This is what we do after often, and I'm seeing this more and more when we make some kind of bold statement like this. We begin to, um, we begin to bring Zuckerberg and all the social media moguls into it. This will probably get blocked. This will probably get me banned from Facebook. This will probably get me taken down. This will probably, probably get removed. And, and listen, what spirit is that done in? And then we wonder, we wonder, when people look at Facebook and they see all that, we wonder why the next generation has questions about God, Jesus, faith, and Christianity. Because they look at Facebook and they see their moms and dads and all we've done is use it to complain about politicians and put posts with innuendos about how they might get taken down and might get banned. And it's one of the reasons they run away from Facebook and go to TikTok and Instagram because TikTok's just a bunch of stupid dances and Instagram's beautiful pictures. And that's what they want. They don't want to hear us complaining. We're scaring the children. Do a stupid dance. Share a beautiful picture. Because is is that rooted in what we are supposed to have in us? Every time I see one of those posts, every time I see one of those comments, I can't help but think about what Paul wrote to the Galatians 
not just about what we should not do, but about what we should do. About how our languages, when we type and when we speak, could be filled with something better. What if it was filled with the Spirit? And this is what Paul said. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Would you just read those with me? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And friends, guess what? Against such things, there is no algorithm. No post has ever been banned and no post has ever been removed and no poster has ever been blocked who posted something that's full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so often, our words instead are filled with complaining and grumbling like we talked about two weeks ago. So often our words are instead are filled with unwholesome words that tear others down like we talked about last week. And so often our words are filled with gossip and rumors and innuendos like the Proverbs say today. But imagine a world online Imagine a world around the water cooler. Imagine a world around your Thanksgiving table when you gather with your aunts and uncles and cousins where the Christians were known for people who say and type things that are full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you think the world would notice? See, I think this matters so much. I think this matters so much because our words not only matter to God, they matter for eternity. Because someone out there, Christian, brother and sister, someone out there who doesn't know Jesus is hanging on every word that we say and every word that we type to decide if they want to follow the Jesus that we say we follow. Heavenly Father, it is so easy to get caught up, God, in the conflict and the tension and the noise of this world. But Lord, you call us to be a set apart people. 
you call us not just to be converts who made a decision when we were 15 years old, but to be disciples of Jesus Christ who follow you, who are being transformed into your image and likeness. And God, forgive us when we don't let you transform the words we say and the words we type. We just want to come to you today, Lord, and we just want to say to you, our conversations and our keyboards are available to you. Available for your molding, your shaping, your correcting, your coaching, your, your admonishing, your rebuking. Forgive us, Lord. When we gossip, when we say words that tear down, forgive us when we complain and grumble and when we aren't filled with the fruit that the Spirit so, so wants us to have. In Jesus' name.